Hey, this is Avi. And this is Faria. Welcome to the Manmukti Podcast, where we speak up about South Asian mental health. We're here to connect you with mental health professionals and those with lived experiences of mental illness. episode, we have Buddy Tangala Moody and Abhi Ravinutala speaking with Rana Khan. Rana is a former teacher and leader of Friends of the Collaborative, an initiative related to the collaborative founded by Dr. Gurusharan Virdi, who we spoke to last time. We'll learn from Rana the exact reasons she wanted to start the Friends of the Collaborative and the success she has had in reaching out to the South Asian community at large. As always, we'll also hear about her own personal interest and experience with mental health and her thoughts on stigma in the South Asian community. Let's start by meeting Rana. Hi, Rana. Thanks so much for joining us today on our Manmukti podcast. Uh, we're really excited to get to talk to you about a range of things, especially related to what you're doing with the Friends of the Collaborative, which we learned about last time by talking to Gursharan. Um, but I'd like to just get started by asking uh, if you could give us a basic intro of who you are, where you're located, and uh, what makes you passionate about mental health? So I'm a writer. I'm also a teacher, and now I work in the social justice field. And uh, I was born in Varanasi, India, and I did uh, 20 years about in Dubai and Saudi Arabia, and now I'm located in Toronto uh, since the past nine years. And I'm really, uh, I care about the topic of mental health and the impact it has because I realize that it affects so many of us. And for many of us, the pain and suffering can be less if someone understands what we are going through because it's the isolation that really makes it worse. So I'm very, very interested in putting this message across. So just to start us off um, from that, what, could you tell us about your own personal experience with mental health and how that particular personal experience made you passionate about working in mental health? Yes. Uh, actually, I had two personal experiences with this. One was with my father. He had been a widower for about nine years when he committed suicide in my hometown. And he had been in acute depression. He had been taking medication. But it was such a shock, and even now I find it very hard to talk about it. And, you know, apart from the personal sense of failure that, you know, we couldn't do anything. Like that summer when I went, he was, you know, I he told us that he had been under, he was depressed and we could see that he had been changing a little bit. And I just thought that, okay, he's getting help. He has doctor friends. He'll be fine. And it wasn't fine at all, you know. I mean, just two months later, he killed himself. And... Uh, it's just, you know, I feel so bad that we couldn't help him or he couldn't talk about it or he felt that it was something he had to keep to himself as to how badly affected he had been by my mother's death and by the isolation that happened after that. So that was in my mind and, you know, we've all been changed by that experience. And my second experience that hit home was my own. In 2010, when I just arrived in Canada, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, you know, no immigrant ever has that plan for, you know, ill health. It was a shock again. I had the treatment. And after it was over, actually, I fell into a depression without even realizing it. I underwent counseling, and it took me a few 
few years. I mean, even now I would say that I'm, you know, almost over that. But it took me that many years to get back to a sense of wellness and confidence about myself or about my work. And uh, it was just another coincidence that, you know, since then I've been working, what I term as my recovery, in the nonprofit sector, in an organization that helps people who have had a history of addiction and mental health issues to get back into the workplace. I actually did a leadership program with them, and it helped me a lot, and I learned a lot. And it added to my conviction that I needed to do something tangible, you know, to initiate a dialogue uh, with uh, the community about this issue. So I really believe that, you know, there's a time and place uh, when things just sort of fall into line, and I think this was it for me. So my two personal experiences really made me feel that, you know, I had to do something about it. Great. That segues beautifully into the next part of our interview. And uh, we talked with Gershon last time about your initiative, the Friends of the Collaborative. Could you tell us a little bit about how the Collaborative was founded and what uh, it does and uh, why why you put it together? Okay. So you know about the story of the Collaborative for the South Asian Mental Health through Gershon. Yes. It was founded in 2015. And I had gone and attended the inaugural event and I thought it was a very laudable effort, you know, getting South Asians together, which itself is problematic because that term encompasses so many other nationalities and cultures. So for me, when I heard them and, you know, uh, I listened to what they were trying to do, and it sort of struck a chord because for me the important piece is the community itself. And I wondered what interaction was there between these doctors, you know, very well-intentioned, but I have to say that they were in a bubble, you know, these doctors and researchers. And what did they have in common or how were they interacting with the people in the community in Toronto? And uh, we all know that there is a stigma attached to this label of mental health. We don't talk about it. And yet, because we South Asians are predominantly an immigrant community with all the issues that goes with it, uh, I mean, I personally know that, you know, how people have been impacted by it. So I spoke to Gursharan that maybe what needed also was a grassroots sort of an organization. And uh, she was interested, and she said, what do you think? What do you have in mind? Because, you know, the collaborative does what it does. It's doing its research. So I said that, you know, I would like to have conversations within the community regarding not just the issues of mental health, but actually the factors that contribute to it. You know, particularly the social customs that sort of enhance the issue. You know, for example, if two people come here and let's say the husband is unable to find a job, he's frustrated, he takes out the frustration on the spouse, there is spousal abuse, and hence, because of that, then there are mental health issues. But so it's all interconnected. So Gursharan found it interesting, and she, you know, gave her support. And so I talked to a few friends, and we came up with this Friends of the Collaborative, in which we would sort of be the link between the work that the Collaborative is doing and within the community in establishing, let's say, best practices in also uh, digging up some resources for the community. And uh, I'm happy to say that there has been some progress. You know, we found it together as a group only in December. So we have just had, I think, four meetings to date. 
and we are a very small group because everyone is busy, everyone is, you know, life gets in the way, as we say. But we are trying to, uh, we have got a project for ourselves. We are creating a resource booklet and uh, in which, you know, it will be helpful for people to navigate the mental health system over here, as well as have names of organizations and private practitioners who actually cater to the South Asian community. So we are setting up for ourselves some doable goals because it's a huge issue. You know, it's not that we are going to do it in one year or two years. It's going to take a really long time. But uh, this is, uh, you know, how the friends, started with like-minded people and what we are trying to do, you know, start conversations within the community. Well, you know, so I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm thinking that your Friends of the Collaborative actually has a very activist uh, mentality to it. Can you talk about really, can you talk about really like how important it is to take that activist mentality when tackling issues of mental health? Uh, uh, that's a really hard question. Activism in the sense that for me the activism is that something to do as opposed to something to talk. You know, we can all talk, oh, yeah, this is something. But what do we do? I mean, on my personal level, like I, when I had my issues, I really rang up friends and said, look, I need to talk. I need people to come over. I need you, you know, so make that time. And I was very open about it. And uh, even in this, I, you know, sent a list, I think, to about 50 people that I know, people and organizations. And I said, this is what we are planning to do. And I know all of us are busy, but if you can give some time, if you think this is worthwhile, then please join. So, you know, we have about, I think, six people and now I think seven people. But it's very hard because I know, you know, all of us are busy with our own lives and it's very difficult to take time out. But if we think an issue is important, you know, that whole that old story about somebody thinks that everybody will do it. No, it's we, you know, it's I who have to do it. And for me, uh, Gandhiji's words, that be the change. I think for me that's my philosophy, that if I want to do something or change something, I have to do it. I can't wait around for other people to do it. So that's the activist part, I don't know. But uh, it was difficult when we sat and we had to fashion out our mission statement, our vision statement. And you realize that even working with seven people is difficult, you know, to get together views. So the challenge, I think, is that we all agree that mental health is a huge issue that needs to be tackled, but the why and the how can be quite tough. You know, it can be... It can actually defeat you if you feel, oh, my God, you know, how do I tackle it? It's such a big issue. But we're trying to take some baby steps and, as I said, something doable that we can. So, you know, for example, for the next meeting, we have each allocated ourselves that at least get a minimum of uh, two organizations, you know, that uh, you research about and think that they are catering to the South Asian community. And we have got a certain set of uh, questions that, you know, what languages are being served, what is the community, where is the location, what about fees, you know, because generally fees are very high for counseling services, and that drives a lot of the marginalized people out. They can't seek help. So we are getting all this information, and hopefully, you know, it uh, that resources would be, those resources would be helpful to the community. Great. So... Can you tell us, like, you, I, I, I want to go back to your statement. You said that 
very it's a it's a great statement. You said that it doesn't happen in just one or two days. It takes no. years of commitment. Yeah. It takes years of commitment. So going back to that, what's so far been your progress in working with South Asian uh, people uh, who have mental illness issues or maybe experiencing those uh, as you mentioned those like those immigrant related issues like coming yeah. here maybe not finding a job. What's been your progress with working with those kind of people? I think the progress is that at least we as a group have come together. I think that is a, not a small triumph, you know, to have people get interested enough in the issue that they're giving up two hours of their office work and then taking time out and attending a meeting and then doing the work or perhaps hopefully talking about it to other people. So I think that's progress. And uh, the fact that, you know, we realize that the time has come to do something instead of just talking about it or realizing that, yes, it's an issue, I think that is progress. Uh, the fact that most of our members have what we call lived experience, you know, of mental health issues, and we are not shy about talking it aloud or, you know, like I just told you my story, I think that's progress. You know, for me, uh, as I said, I'm a very practical person. So um, my idea is, you know, if if you can see this visual of lighting little bush fires in a uh, in the forest. Not that I want to, you know, uh, destroy the trees, but really, you know, just start people talking. I think telling our stories is the first step. So I'm hoping that more and more people will join the conversation. That would be progress enough for me. Hey guys, just a quick reminder, you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. guys thanks for coming back hope you had a nice break you're still awesome of course let's move on to the second part of the episode so rana thanks so much for sharing about what you're doing at the friends of the collaborative and i think it really lends itself to talking about stigma in the south asian community i think you even brought up that word uh, a couple times mm-hmm. but yeah you know in initiatives like yours get people to you know come together and just be open about uh what they dealt with in the mental experience and figure out what can, what are the next steps. So along those lines, um, how do you feel that stigma needs to be handled in our community? What can we do as a, as a people? And I know it's kind of hard to do, pigeonhole South Asians into one group, but yeah. Yeah. how in general, like what do you think are the reasons that we have stigma and then how can we fight those reasons? Uh, it's really interesting that you asked this because at one of her meetings, one of her members actually, you know, we had this conversation about that are we limiting ourselves by saying South Asian, you know, that why why are we signaling out stigma in the South Asian community because there is stigma about mental health in almost every community, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, that's that's true. But the very fact that then we are getting defensive about it, you know, if it's true, if it's true in other communities, that doesn't make the stigma any less, right? According to me, it's still there. We still have to tackle it. 
So I think it's just, I think just getting defensive about what we think will show us up badly. I think that is the root thing, you know, the, what I say from where I come in my Hindi language, we say, Lok kya kahenge. I think that's it, you know, we're so worried about how it will show us up or how it will reflect on the community or on the family, you know, so or even if we have children who are going through issues, then how is it going to reflect on our on us as parents, on our style of parenting? So the stigma comes around, I think, what I feel is very warped issue. We don't see the problem. We see the effect of that problem, you know, of what that problem might cause people to see. It's not that I think everyone recognizes that mental health is serious, you know, that mental health is an issue that all of us in ways big and small, we either have it or we know somebody who's going through, you know, anxiety or depression or, you know, is facing some kind of uh, pressure. We all know that. But to talk about it, and especially I think when you are an immigrant community, because being an immigrant, I'm really fascinated by this experience, you know, that we undergo when we leave our identities behind. So I think we tend to sort of cling on to what we have and not show any negative things. So it's going to, first of all, I would treat this stigma, you know, this whole stigma issue with respect. I don't sort of blow it off, oh, what stigma or horrible stigma, no. You know, because it's there for a reason. And I also think we have an uh, educational part in our mission statement. It's also about doing outreach to the community. And when we talk, it's not about to rubbish the whole idea of stigma, but to reflect and, uh, you know, sort of question why the stigma and what are the reasons. Is it patriarchy? Is it, you know, being an immigrant community? Is it shame in the neighborhood? So then there can be so many issues, right? It's, it could be shame about the sense that, you know, we are not whole, we are, there's something lacking. So we need to really sort of think about why is there the stigma. I don't uh, sort of dismiss it. I, I, In a way, I would say respect it in the sense that I respect that it is there for many reasons, and it will take us a long time to see why and how that stigma can be removed. And I think for, you know, again, uh, as a community, we have this system of class. Much as I hate it, but I have to recognize it. I don't know if you agree, but I see that there are classes over here. So the more privileged amongst us, uh, there is sometimes less stigma and more stigma, both. But at least people have the resources to help themselves, which is not in the case of those uh, who are less privileged. So we have to take all this into account. You mentioned the, uh, the the kind of very common theme in a lot of South Asian communities of what will people think or how will people view us. Yes. I think one of the interesting things that gets coupled with that in, in the West when we immigrate here is mm. oftentimes this concept comes about of us, of Asians being a, a model minority, quote unquote, right? Yes. Uh, having, yes. Yeah. How do you think that yeah. contributes to the pressure we put on put on ourselves as an immigrant population in the West. I think you're so right. You know, we have this notion because especially I know in the U.S., it's uh, uh, South Asian and specifically, let's say, you know, India, which, uh, you know, is doing very well. And when we come here, again, this notion that, you know, we are uh, pretty perfect and, you know, we are 
uh, integrated so well and, you know, everything is fine. And obviously not everything is fine. And over here, I don't know about uh, the U.S., but over here in certain communities, there is such a huge divide between the parents and the children. And in fact, the children end up living double lives because they are something else outside and something else, you know, inside their homes because of the pressure. And all this is a factor in, uh, you know, mental health issues. If a person is not comfortable with who they are, uh, at some point or the other, it is going to affect the way they think, the effect they interact with other people. You know, homes are being broken up. There is uh, marital conflict. There's so many things happening uh, with this whole notion of how we are as a community. And I think maybe sometimes as parents, I'm speaking as a parent here, sometimes we uh, put all our dreams and our hopes on our children and we place them under immense pressure especially in the field of, you know, oh, you've got to become these respected professions. You know, what, are you planning to be a musician? No way. You know, this is what you have to do. So those kind of things as well. Yeah, I uh, I will say that I can definitely identify with those kinds of uh, <laughs> pressures as well as, you know, the, the, it, it is an interesting thing you say about this leading a double life, right? I think that, yeah. I think that we children who immigrate here and are, are born here to, to parents that immigrated, we tend to do that without even realizing it. You know, we go through this double life, whether we go in school and then we'd like segregate that and come home and we're somebody else. And yeah, I guess I didn't really think about how that might affect, you know, my mental health in general. Like how do I re how do I actually view myself when I am two people, right? Uh, yeah. And, you know, and also like I haven't even spoken about religion. The, the impact that religion or the practicing of it, you know, once you are an immigrant, has on you is also, is also uh, you know, sort of contributes to it. Or the way different religions, you know, especially like South Asia, you know how diverse it is, and play out within themselves. For example, again, about young people, because I have two, you know, young adults, and I feel for them. Because this whole thing that, oh, but, you know, you can do what you want, you can date whom you want, but if you have to marry, you have to marry a certain community, a certain religion, a certain, you know, a social position. All that places a huge amount of stigma, uh, not stigma, sorry, a huge amount of pressure on young people because they are interacting as uh, just a young person. I have to say I live in Toronto, which is one of the, you know, Really, I hate to use again the word diverse, but it is. You know, you find people from everywhere here, and people intermingle without any notions of you know barriers, this and that. But and yet those barriers are there inside us. We don't express them outside, and that is why this conflict, I think, leads to a lot of mental health issues. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to ask one last question of Yurana. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talked about the need to you know, reduce the pressures that we put on ourselves as a population and yeah. thereby help reduce the stigma, right? Mm. When you have your meetings for the Friends of the Collaborative, how do you mm. find that people open up and start talking about their experiences, et cetera? How, how, how do you get people to get comfortable with that? What, what's, been, what's been your experience in making people more open? I think the first thing that we have to do is, I mean, that I, you know, I think everyone knows that it is a safe space. 
you know, for everyone to open up about themselves, that we are not going to be taking it back. Because the other problem is that we have a very, uh, we all have a very, uh, I, I don't know how to describe it, but a social life in which pretty much people know each other or they know people who know the other. So it's all very interconnected. And the problem with opening up is that you don't want it to become a, uh, object of gossip, or you don't want people to speculate, you don't want people to talk behind your back, you know, about the issues that you have. So the first thing, if as a group we are exchanging stories about ourselves, is that it is all confidential, it's private, we are not taking it away with us and, you know, going to talk about it, so people feel safe. I think that's the one thing that has to be there. When people reveal things about themselves, then it has to be, you know, in that space. For example, I'm giving this interview, but I know this is an interview. It's going to reach a lot of people. I'm prepared for that. So, you know, I go with people's choice, how much they choose to reveal themselves or their own issues that they are having. And other than that, I'm very fortunate that, you know, um, uh, other friends of the, organ of the collaborative are that they are bold people, you know, and they have decided that, yes, they have to take their story and, uh, you know, get something good out of it and learn to help not only ourselves, but other people as well, help our communities. Thank you. I think I that's a very, no, I think that's a very encouraging sort of last thought to leave on. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of best when people realize how much opening up can just not only help themselves, but help the people around them, right? And I think that's... Yeah, you know, and it's it's there as a mutual respect. It doesn't diminish, uh, you know, hopefully your view of me is not going to be diminished now that you know that I've been through, an, you know, some mental health issues. So the respect is there and recognizing that all of us go through this and we are all in it together. I think that's my uh, belief. Absolutely. And it, I, I would say that's one of the main missions, really, of Manmukti is to get people to realize yeah, we're all in it together, and it's best Absolutely. if we support ourselves. Yeah. I mean, look at this. You are based in the U.S. We are here, and yet we are talking about it because we have realized that we are all in this together, and we have a common cause, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to thank you so much again for taking the time to speak with us about uh, the initiative that you're working on as well as uh, all your experience with mental health and uh Thank you for sharing your personal experiences as well. I know that's not easy. Um, we look forward to working with you more in the future, and best of luck with the initiative. Thank you, and good luck to you and to Buddy and to your initiative as well. I look forward to hearing more about it. Okay? Take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey guys, if we could take a moment to ask for just a little bit more of your time and love to rate our podcast on iTunes or shoot us a review, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening, and if you want to continue the conversation, visit our website at manmukti.org or connect with us on social media. We'll see you next time.